listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, yo, what is up, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I am so excited to be bringing you this special episode. This episode is really near and dear to my heart, and I'm so excited to be able to be here with you guys this week. I hope all of you guys are doing fantastic. Uh, I've heard some amazing stories this week. I've heard uh, some really cool things happening, and so that's really an encouragement to my heart. Uh, And just just hearing that my audience and and my people and just you guys are doing great, and so I'm super happy um, that you guys are doing well. A lot of stuff is going on on Grace Nation uh, Ministries website, so I want to encourage you guys to go check out the website grace-nation.com if you haven't already. If you have, if you don't even know what that is, you should definitely go check it out. If you guys um, need a place to get some really good biblical resources, or if you need anything, uh, anything in that regard, you should definitely check out our website because we, we just have, uh, we have a lot of, uh, resources there. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing, uh, two people that, that really played a, a huge part in my life for just only three months, but the impact that they had on me, uh, feels like a lifetime. Uh, I'll be interviewing the director of Mustard Seeds and Mountains, his name is Nate, and I'm also gonna be sitting down with him as his wife, Trudy, and she also just plays a huge role in the ministry, and the ministry is called Mustard Seeds and Mountains. If you guys aren't familiar with it, or, or you, you don't know uh, what they are, they're a ministry based in West Virginia, McDowell County is the county that they serve, and specifically they live in and are a part of North Fork, which is a little town. If you guys know anything about my story or know anything about me, I served with them for just about three months over the summer. Oh, just before this podcast actually launched was when I uh, was when I was serving with them for about three months. They're uh, focused on doing home repair and, and really. Uh, serving the spiritual and physical needs of that community it would shock you it would amaze you uh by the physical needs that that community needs and and for them to be located in america it's shocking uh that that this is in our backyard and so i got to serve there for about three months doing home repair and overseeing projects and being a part of that ministry and it was an amazing opportunity just to give you a little bit about their you know, what they're doing and the area in which they're planted. Uh, McDowell County is one of the poorest counties in America. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, they just don't have enough money or they're struggling in some areas. But when I got there, it was very evident to me that they are legitimately one of the poorest counties in North America. The county only has one traffic light. The uh, county is number one for drug uh, 
overdoses and, and things like that. They're like number three for uh, drug uh, usage and alcoholism and things like that. It, it's a very uh, impoverished county that's in desperate need of the gospel. They're in desperate need of Jesus. And although the churches in that area are popular and some of the churches are uh, big, I didn't find one church over the summer that taught the word uh, the way a church should. All the churches are very unbiblical and they practice a lot of things that, that we would consider unorthodoxical uh, in Christianity. And so it was very you know, heartbreaking to see churches in this area uh, doing things so anti-gospel. And it's crazy because literally if you walk outside every direction you look, there's a church. You can see a church no matter where you're looking, but there's not one healthy, good church. And so it, it's crazy to me. Uh, and so it's just adding on to the spiritual need that, that this place has. And so Nate and Trudy have been planted here for, for some years now, and, and their focus is bringing in teams, week-long teams that that do home repair to different houses. And during the home repair, they provide spiritually for the homeowner. And, and so it's a really effective way to minister with people because we're coming alongside people and walking life with people instead of just giving them a bunch of stuff and then saying goodbye, which is unfortunately what a lot of current mission organizations do because we would rather give money to it than give our time to it. And so what Mustard Seeds and Mountains does is kind of flips that on its head and we're like, we're going to give you our time and and some money and we're gonna we're gonna help fix your house but we're gonna give you our time we're gonna live life with you and that's what nate and trudy do they literally live in west virginia in mcdowell county they live next to the people in which we do home repairs with they live life with people whose houses we're repairing and, and whose uh people need jesus like they're they're living it every day with a family that's their life and so like that's full-time ministry and they bring in these week-long teams and then we also they also bring in interns over the summer to kind of oversee those week-long teams which is that's what i was a part of for three months during my summer and so I'm super excited to be able to interview them and just to catch up with them a little bit. I haven't talked to them in a few months and it's been it's been a while. It was it was a fun summer, it was a difficult summer, it was a challenging summer, it was a fruitful and life-changing summer, and it's not a summer that I would give up uh, or or it's not a summer that I regret in any way, shape or form. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Unfortunately, the way the microphone was set up, you could hear myself on their feedback just a little bit. It's not overbearing. It's not crazy. I think you guys can handle it. Uh, also, they live in West Virginia. It is a coal mining like haven. That's where all our coal comes from. So there are trains. <laughs> and there are a lot of trains. There are trains that keep you up at night. And then just as soon as you think that you've gotten used to the sound of trains, more trains come and keep you up at night. Like there are so many trains. So during the interview, I think there's like five trains and like a 10 minute interview that come by. And so I apologize for some of the audio quality. It's not horrible. We had to connect via internet because I could not drive to West Virginia no matter how much I really wanted to. 
So we're going to hear their story, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am here with the director of Mustard Seeds and Mountains, Nate, and his wife, Trudy. And I'm just so excited to have them on the podcast today. I I got to serve an entire summer over in West Virginia under their leadership, and it it was just an amazing experience. And so I'm really excited that we get to bring them on the podcast today and just talk about a little bit about their ministry and then just a little bit about what biblical charity looks like. And so, Nate and Trudy, introduce yourself. Uh, I know I kind of did it a little bit, but... Uh, who are you guys, and, and what's the name of the ministry that you guys that you guys are a part of? Yeah, Victor, thanks for having us on the podcast. My name's Nate Bertram, and I'm here with my wife, Trudy. Uh, we run a ministry called Mustard Seeds and Mountains. And uh, just a little bit about the ministry. Mustard Seeds and Mountains is a nonprofit Christian relief and development agency, and it was started back in 1992 and McDowell County, hopefully you can still hear me. (laughs) The trains are coming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're in the middle of Appalachia where coal is known, you know, coal was king. And uh, there's still a lot of coal being mined here, although um, not as many miners are employed as uh, as used to be. But yeah, so we're here in McDowell County. Um, in West Virginia, McDowell County was chosen as the location for mustard seeds and mountains due to the extreme conditions here. Hmm. Uh, it's it's one of the poorest counties in the U.S. And so each year, Mustard Seeds hosts hundreds of volunteers who come on mission trips in order to serve people in our community. Usually, this is done through home repair and painting. In our goal. In, in hosting is to provide opportunities for volunteers to serve physical needs in our community, but also spiritual needs. And then right. we also challenge the volunteers to live on mission after they return home. Yeah, so, absolutely. I think that's the, that's a crucial part of ministry, not only accomplishing the physical needs, but, but serving spiritual needs that the people might not even know that they, that they need. Um, and and McDowell County, like you said, is one of the poorest counties in all of America in the United States. And, and it's crazy, at least for me, uh, when I was there, to to know that this was in my backyard um, as like an American citizen. And and I know you guys have been serving there for quite a long time. And the focus is biblical charity. Uh, and I know you guys are surrounded by a lot of other ministries that, that, that are trying to accomplish the same thing. And so what does this biblical charity look like? You guys talked about the goal of the ministry. You guys talked about that you are here to serve physical needs and spiritual needs. Uh, but what does that look like? How, how do you actually do that and put that into action? Because it's, it is oftentimes a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And it, and it really is difficult to summarize, though, because right. like the issue of poverty, it's addressed all throughout the Bible. I mean, if you're really paying attention, and there's so many different pieces to kind of put together to get a good understanding of poverty and how to address it biblically. Um, and so it's difficult. And I, I mean, we'll, 
we'll try to talk about it a little bit, but I mean, it, it's definitely a complex, complex subject for sure. Um, the, um, you know, there's, there's a verse in Deuteronomy 15 verse 11 that says there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother to the needy and to the poor in your land. So we know that you know God really cares about the people in need. Um, but the phrase, open wide your hand, it doesn't necessarily mean giving away free handouts, right. which is the way a lot of people would try to do charity work. And so you know, thinking about another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 3.10, the Apostle Paul is talking about, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Hmm. And so that brings in, you know, what seems to be a different idea, but it does not contradict the scripture in Deuteronomy. Uh, but it should cause us to look a little bit deeper to get a better understanding of, of, of how these mesh and, and what they're talking about. Absolutely. So I, I think that the biblical view of charity is, is really to be compassionate. If God has blessed someone with resources, you know, they shouldn't be selfish and just pursuing the, the building of their own kingdom, but rather invest into the people that God cares about in, in his kingdom. Right. And like I said, it doesn't mean we should be giving away a bunch of material possessions as much because history has shown in most cases free handouts just aren't helpful in Absolutely. fact they can be incredibly harmful i mean those kinds of things usually promote entitlement yeah. laziness it, it can assault the dignity of the receiver and and god has really designed people to be workers if you go back and read the first few chapters of chapters of Genesis. I mean, you just get a good understanding that that God created people to work. Mm. Even before sin and the curse entered the world, people were designed to be workers. Mm. And so all that said, you know, getting back to the question of what does biblical charity look like? I think a really good example is the system of gleaning in the scriptures hmm. and people might be familiar with gleaning from the story of Ruth but even in Leviticus God commanded the farmers to be open-handed in a way that they would leave some of their crops unharvested and then those who were needy could go into a field and get food right they would have to work to get it right. and so I think it's just a beautiful picture of that compassion in action the people with the resources were providing charity but doing it in such a way that the people in need could survive by earning those resources so so the two sides to i think biblical charity are being compassionate and gracious when you have the resource but doing it in a way uh, that's just strategic so the people in need can still work they can still keep their dignity and they can earn you know, that 
right yeah no absolutely and i mean you guys do a, a fantastic job at that uh, i i mean i know just from me being there for a summer like if we go and work on a house like we ask that the homeowners come out and work on the house um and i mean what are some of the what are some of the things that mustard season mountains to kind of accomplish that yeah, so like you said, we, we do encourage the homeowners to work alongside of the, the groups doing the repairs and in, in that home repair ministry. And we actually ask the homeowners to pay a small percentage for the construction materials. Now, it is a very small percentage, but it is something so that they're making an investment so that we're just not giving away free construction work. We do want them to invest in their home a little bit and there's lots of benefits for that um, but so that's another thing we do we, we also as a ministry like to do a lot of teaching and empowering so that people in need can learn to sustain themselves and their families right we've done things like teaching teenagers how to start and run their own business hmm. after school tutoring um, teaching computer skills for adults and GED classes, you know, life skills and, and things like that. Um, those are a really important piece to the ministry that has gone on over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Although we are pretty short-staffed right now, so some of those teaching opportunities are limited. Right. Yeah, and, and one of the amazing things that I noticed while I was there is, like, you guys are a ministry to you know, North Fork, McDowell County, like you guys are, are planted there for those people. But but it's almost like a dual ministry because you bring these teams in and, and you guys really take the time to educate and, and to minister to the teams that, that are also coming in to serve the people of West Virginia. What are some of the ways that you guys uh, step, you know, step into the team's life and, and minister to them? and kind of educate them about the things that you guys are doing there in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, we, we try to understand that we're not just the traditional charity type ministry that we like to go a little deeper than that. We don't want to be harmful. And, and so uh, just educating teams a little bit and preparing them to, to go out to our work sites. And we do different experiential activities so that, um, so that the volunteers are kind of learning what it's like to minister in a different culture. Because we, even though we're in West Virginia in the United States, we are in a different culture here. Right. And so we just kind of help them think outside the box a little bit while they're here. But then we do encourage them to be on mission, to be intentional witnesses for Jesus Christ when they go back home. Um, being a missionary doesn't just consist of taking a one-week trip and then being done. I think Jesus wants all his followers to be missional, and so right. we do encourage the teams to do that. No, absolutely, for sure. Uh, it, I mean, even, I mean, you could take it to a threefold, that even the interns that come and, and intern with you guys, like, you guys take time with the interns and walk through books and, and probably one of the most influential books that I walked through last year was Toxic Charity and that was the book that, that we did as an intern team uh, with you guys 
and, and that book really dives into a lot of what you guys are doing and into a lot of the problems that we see in America. And so I'll link that book in the show notes if, if anyone listening would like to check that out. Um, but I know, so you guys are there planted living in West Virginia with a family like you guys are doing full-time ministry. What was what was some of the difficulties, you know, planting, moving and planting your life in West Virginia? Because I know a lot of people who, who may be listening to this are seriously considering going into full-time ministry. So what was some of the difficulties, uh, you know, transitioning into that? But, but also what kind of advice would you give anyone who is maybe considering doing something similar? Yeah, sure. And, and Trudy's been pretty quiet here, so I'll, I'll let her tackle <laughs> that if, if you want to. Uh, well, you know, the whole process is rather difficult, I think. Um, you know, moving away from family and friends, that's, that, was, that was a difficult thing to handle. Um, and it's still uh, sometimes hard uh, being away. But, uh, you know, fundraising is... is challenging and kind of yeah just that's that's another big difficulty to overcome like how are you going to sustain yourself and in understanding and realizing i guess that that god is there and he's he's been able to um fulfill our our financial needs um one of the i think really big difficulties for me in particular was just moving here and just being overwhelmed by the amount of needs in our mm. community um, and just understanding, realizing that you can't fix all the brokenness around you. Like when we first came, that's, that's all I wanted, I wanted to do, jump into everyone's life and, you know, share Jesus and, and help them be just whole and fixed and all these things. Right. And, and it just doesn't happen that way. And so that's kind of discouraging in a lot of ways. Um, but also understanding that Jesus is the one who fixes things and I'm just kind of the messenger. Right. And so um, those are um, some hard things, some difficult things we've had to overcome. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, those challenges are going to, like anyone who's considering legitimate full-time ministry uh, and, and literally picking up their life and planting it somewhere that God has called them to, like that's never something easy to take on but i i see it through your guys's examples and there are also other examples of people like they've had this clear calling put on their life and god has sustained them as a ministry <laughs> phone call <laughs> um but but yeah no y'all's story is extremely encouraging um but yeah, yeah so no, it's but totally yeah, I, good. There, there's a you know a, the typical Western mindset is, you know, we need to get in there and fix the problems. That's right. kind of the way we're wired, and, and a lot of times fixing the problems, that's not the goal that God has in mind for us. A lot of times, what He wants us to do is walk with people that are going through hard times, and as we do that and minister to them they're ministering to us as well and so we're doing life together right. rather than just fixing all the brokenness around us which 
you can't really do anyways. I mean, you can address it, but so, so right. doing life together is a big part of ministry. And I, and I mean, that's what Jesus did. I mean, he yeah. when he walked this earth, he was living life with people. Uh, he was walking alongside people. He was allowing people to come alongside him. Like he was there in the culture ministering to people. Uh, and, and I mean, that's what Jesus did. Um, and so, yeah, no, absolutely. If, if you had to sum up the biggest surprise good bad funny whatever the biggest surprise about moving to west virginia what do you think that would be i think probably the biggest surprise would would be a good one we were coming into this area as as outsiders and we were just under the opinion that that outsiders are, are not really welcomed here because of our community's history um, they've usually been pretty suspicious of, of outsiders because outsiders have wronged our community in the past. And so we were kind of expecting that as, as we moved into this com community about five years ago. And we were surprised that, you know, just in a good way, they totally welcomed our family. Um, we we mm. did try to come in as learners and um, not try to just change everything. But we right. wanted to, to live life with them and, and see see what it was like to be a part of the community. And we have definitely felt uh, warmly welcomed by most people that we have come in contact with. And, and that was just a pleasant surprise. We, we weren't expecting that. And it's been great. We, we feel like we live in a, a very friendly community. And, uh, and we, we love it. Yeah, no, that that's so awesome. That that is a good surprise, and it, I mean it's clear. Uh, even when I was there, um, the people people genuinely love you guys, um, and it's really cool just to see that impact that you've had because you're living life with people. Um, the and phone I, call that I just got—I'm sorry—I'm just it kind of goes into what we're talking about in. Um, we heat our house with wood and so we buy wood a man cuts it up and brings in his truck to us and mm -hmm. um, and so he called just to say I've got some extra eggs I was gonna be close to your house can I just bring you a couple dozen eggs <laughs> and he won't take any money for them he just wants to give us eggs that is and so, so awesome. um, this one of the surprising things it's like okay well we just buy wood from you but he genuinely cares about us right. and wants to just um offer something else it's so cool yeah no i mean that's that's literally you know the impact that you can have when you live life with people um, there are so many stories of missionaries going, you know, cross culture, whether it be in America or, or out of the country, and instantaneously trying to westernize uh, the culture. And I actually just recently heard the story of where uh, this mission team went into Haiti and wanted to change their entire worship. Like, like they they went in with the mindset of like fixing their worship service. Right. And, and they brought in all Western songs. They brought in uh, all English songs. They brought in songs that that just weren't a part of that culture. And people started leaving the church, and it was more of a detriment to the people of Haiti who they were there ministering to than it was a help to the people of Haiti. And so it really is a testament to 
uh, living life with people and just genuinely caring and coming alongside them rather than just pushing your cultural norms onto people and, you know there's there's a huge difference between the two mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean if you look at Jesus' life uh, all throughout scripture you see that Jesus lived life with people um, but yeah guys bringing grace to the nation's family how can we support you guys um i know you guys have a website social media uh, i mean i know you guys are sometimes looking for interns and teams to come uh how can we come alongside you guys and support you yeah absolutely we we, we definitely feel like prayer is foundational mm. for the ministry that we do here and so um People praying for us is huge. Um, that that is the most important thing. Um, I mean, obviously, like any ministry, it, it takes finances to to yeah. live and, and do ministry here, and so people can give finances as well. Um, one, one unique need that we do have is this summer um, we need college students to join us. We, we pay college students to do mission work every summer. And uh, right now we don't have anyone hired for the summer. So if there's any listeners out there who are college students, you want to be paid to be a missionary, we've got openings. So I mean, that's yeah. a huge need. And um, I mean, another thing, people could organize a group to come here on a one-week mission trip. So we, we host mission trips all summer long. Yeah, and We still have sure. a few openings for summer teams as well. Yeah. Okay. I will post all the information, your website, uh, in the show notes so that people can have an easy place to access everything. Um, and if, if there are any college-age students out there looking to intern uh, with Nate and Trudy at Mustard Seas and Mountains, I would totally recommend it. Um, it. It is a life-changing experience, not just for you, but also being able to surf in a community uh, and walk alongside people uh, is an amazing experience. Nate and Trudy, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to join me on Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Uh, I'm so happy that you guys got to be a part of it. And, yeah, thank you so much for having us. And there you guys have it. The interview with Mustard Seeds and Mountains, Nate and Trudy. They are such amazing people. And if you guys are genuinely looking for a place to plug in and serve or or to take a summer out of your life and serve a community for three months, this is an amazing opportunity that I would totally encourage each one of you to consider. If you guys need any more information regarding the ministry, regarding uh, McDowell County, regarding uh, just just Mustard Seeds and Mountains in general, I'm going to leave their website in the show notes for you guys. I'm also going to leave a link to Toxic Charity, uh, which is one of the most influential books of my life, um, at least for the past five years. And I totally consider you guys picking that book up as well. It was such... Such a good time interviewing them, and it was really refreshing. I'm so happy to hear their voices. 
I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Keep, keep you know, looking at grace-nation.com. We got so much new content rolling out every single day. It's super exciting to see. And so I hope you guys will check it out. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. If you need to get in contact with me, you can email me at gracenationministries at yahoo.com. If you want to get in touch with me through social media on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you know where to hit me up, Grace Nation Min. I'm all over the place on social media. You can fill out a contact us form on the website. There's so many ways for you to get in touch with me. You shouldn't not get in touch with me. You should just send me an email and say hi because I want to talk to each and every one of you. I love you guys. You're beautiful. And you are one of a kind. Take care. And God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.